now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. If we name this message, we'll simply call it the Magnificat. The Magnificat comes from build on the idea of the Latin, from the Latin for magnify. <clears throat> Let's come before the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to bless us. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you, dear God, that not only you breathe and holy men wrote, but God, you kept it and you are keeping it. For you said your word will endure to every generation. And now, fathers, we spend time in your word. Please speak to our hearts. Help us to embrace what you have done and to understand, dear God, that for us, it is to ask you to grant us the faith to see how you're working in our lives and to exercise that faith, dear God, which we know is even by grace. So we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in Luke chapter 1 and verses 39, it says, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste. I like how it says here, with haste. You can get the sense of excitement and because... It's about what God is doing <clears throat> to a city of Judea and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth, probably uh, about 80 miles away from her home, maybe a four-day journey. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, the babe meaning John and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> this has been prophesied, if you remember verses 15. In verses 15, it says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. So that is coming to pass at that moment. <clears throat> In life, God brings about his purpose. Our responsibility is to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to focus on what God is doing in our lives. Then she spoke with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ear, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Listen, when, Mary, when Elizabeth said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord 
should come to me. This in no way is telling us that Elizabeth is considering Mary as many today, as millions today have been taught to believe, to look at Mary as the mother of God. And therefore, since she is the mother of God, she should be worshipped. This is not what is being taught here. This is not what happened. Although today we have hundreds of millions of people that believe in that. <clears throat> that is just a faulty concept and understanding of that. If we observe, however, that Elizabeth herself testifies in verses 45, and she said, blessed is she who believed. That's what it is. God grant his grace to Mary, and Mary believed God for what God is doing. And Mary saw herself as being a servant of God. When we put our faith in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit allows us to hear the gospel. And the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, grants us the faith to accept the gospel. Both of those, they are an act of grace. By grace, you are saved through faith. God gives us the faith to believe in him. And God gives us the grace to hear the gospel and to understand it. And in our lives, that continues to happen. Whatever we go through in life, God continues to help us to grow and understand what is happening and how we should relate to God based on as we face life circumstances. But then he's also giving us the faith to believe in him. Now the scripture says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. There is no such thing as I'll grow in faith without the word of God. There is a responsibility on our part. Are we following this? There is a responsibility on our part to exercise that faith that God gives us. He has given us faith. We don't have to be praying for some kind of grand something in our faith. We have faith as a mustard seed, Jesus said. But we can struggle in our faith if our focus is not on God. And the only way that we will overcome that struggle is when we read the word of God. Yes. We must open our hearts to the word of God. Amen. This is why God established his church. God established his church so that we can grow in faith. That's why we have the different ministries. That's why we have the teaching ministries on Wednesday nights and Fridays. Sunday school, discipleship program, life talk, sermon, all of it. God says, look, I am making it possible for you to grow in faith. But you have to, you have to choose to embrace it and receive it, and then that growth will happen. Amen. But if you don't put yourself in the place where we are hearing it, 
we simply will not grow in faith. But God has already provided. He promised he will do that. In the book of Ephesians, God says, look, I am going to do this. I am going to give gifts to my church. And two of those gifts there would be the gift of the pastor and the gift of the teacher. And every pastor is a teacher. Not every teacher is a pastor. But those are divine gifts. And God says they're operating because he wants us to grow to have faith in him. In what God is doing. And this is what Elizabeth is talking about. She's not talking about worshiping Mary. By any means. That's why she says, how wonderful what Mary's responsibility was. She hears this message from Gabriel, and then she believed. She did not doubt. Certainly, she understands that she was faced with a situation that is impossible. Because she's a virgin, and she's wondering, how is this going to happen? It was not a question that I don't believe, but how will this happen? And the Holy Ghost, the, uh, Gabriel explained to her that the Holy Ghost will come upon you. That was different from John's father, who doubted. And God brought him to the place where he can grow in faith. And he did. The same thing in our lives. Life is a continuous growth where we're experiencing growing in faith. But keep this in mind now. This is key here. Growing in faith requires the word of God, and growing in faith is always God-centered. It is never self-centered. It is never God-centered because self has to be empowered. <coughs> Nowhere in Scripture we find that. God is empowering giving some power upon self. That's a modern satanic teaching that has come into a great influence from the enemy within God's church. It's an appeal for the flesh. God never empowers the flesh. Matter of fact, God says the opposite, that you have to be rendered crucified, inoperative. That faith has to be in God and God alone. And we should not question God. And that's what both Mary and Elizabeth did. And when we have faith with our focus on what God is doing, there is only one result. One thing will result only from that. Keep this in mind. We will magnify God. We will magnify him. We may not understand all of it, but we worship him. We will magnify his name. It says, Mary and I, we prayed last week, a couple of weeks ago, we we're praying for her sister Grace. We know that her life is in God's hands. We know that she is saved. The Holy Spirit is in her. And then in God's time, God chose to take her home. But in the midst of everything, we were both able to pray and say, thank you, God. No more suffering. No more pain. Why? Because... We are acknowledging by faith that God, she is God's child. And God did his work. 
and God is in control. When our faith is centered towards God, it will always lead to magnifying God. It will always lead, never to lift self up, but always to glorify God. And this is a great lesson and a great example of both Mary and Elizabeth. And Mary said, oh no, I want to spend some more time. Observe this in verses 45. Fulfill those things which were told her from the Lord. You see where faith has to be? What God said he is going to do. Not what man is doing. And then Mary, look at her response. And Mary said, verse 46, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Mary is making no claim for some kind of personal attention in anything. She understands her role. That was already settled when she said, by faith, I am your servant, dear God. And in our lives, it's the same response we have with God. God's plan plus faith will always allow us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit lead, leading us to do God's work, and that will ultimately lead us to magnify God. It's God's plan plus faith. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maid, <coughs> his maidservant. You see where Mary, where her heart is? Her heart is in what God is doing. Oh, I want to encourage everyone concerning that. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the negative of that, but I have to mention that. We have to be careful. That when we come before the Lord and we bring our prayer needs, that we don't be, pre be presenting it before God and then demanding from God that God works it out our way as though we have the best plan. Surrendering something to God is saying, God, I give it to you, Father, but it is what you want to do. That's her heart. She recognizes this. And look at the larger picture of that. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. That's our life today. Each and every one of us we have this testimony that God has done something mighty in us. Amen. He has saved us. Amen. We are on our way to heaven. What could be greater than that? Can we put an earthly price on it, a value, a monetary value? That's what Cordell did yesterday by the mercy of God. God granted him when he heard the gospel to understand it, and God granted him the faith to believe in Jesus. 
And he prayed and he accepted Jesus as his Savior. That's the mighty work that God, he has started, he did inside of us. He has saved us. And then look at what happened. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. God will continue. Every generation, what a glorious promise. We turn to God. Oh, dear God, Father, help me, Lord, with every decision, every thought, dear God, lest I grieve your spirit. Let me hear from you. That's the idea of the fear of God. Lest I grieve your spirit, Father, let me be obedient to you, O God. And even in that, it is God's mercy. The whole question of grieving, that's why the, the Holy Spirit, can we grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes. That's why the Bible says, let's be slow to speak. More to hear what God is doing. Understand what God is doing. I love the from generation to generation. As we heard this morning, with a grandmother praying for her grandchildren. She's praying for her child, and she's praying for her daughter's children because there's this glorious hope that God's mercy is going from generation to generation. What is wonderful about this is Mary is going to go on and she's understanding from her heritage, her reflection on what God has done in the history of his people. Verses 49 says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart. He has put down the mighty from their throne and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel to remember in remembrance of his mercy. Listen, what Mary is saying here is when she looks back, and she's obviously aware of God's work, God's word, the history of what God has done, and it's a reflection of all of that, and she's bringing that into perspective. And she's saying here, when I look back, I've seen... And God, the Holy Spirit, is allowing us to express this as praise and worship. That God, in his mercy, has caused her and God's people to stay in a place of humility. We will struggle with having faith in God if self and pride and riches is in, if they are in the way of that process. We have to come before God with humility. 
the only, the strongest warfare that the devil has against humanity is self. Get self to think that you can elevate yourself into something from the very beginning. When the devil came to Eve and said, Eve, this is your reality. You eat of that fruit and your eyes will open. You will, you will rise to a better place. The opposite of humility. And that's the great lesson there. It's a summary of what we understand to be the Old Testament. God dealing with his people. This is the lesson he is teaching them. Humble yourself before me. And let me do my work. And that's what both Mary and Elizabeth did. We may not understand all our pain or suffering, but we humble ourselves before God and let him do his work. Every time a child of God struggles with some issue in the flesh, something that is causing that person to wander away from God, you rest assured there is a lack of humility. Some area in that person's life, the Holy Ghost is saying, give it up. Confess your sin. Stop doing this. Humble yourself before me. And the devil is fighting that person in their mind, saying, no, but I have a right to. We humble ourselves. Oh, dear God, keep me at the cross. That's why our Lord Jesus said, we take up our cross and we follow him. Let us ask the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have to ask him to keep us humble. That's what Elizabeth did, didn't she? That's what Mary did. Lord, I'm your maid servant. That's what she said to the Lord when Gabriel announced how God will use her. Nothing has changed. Are we following that? Nothing has changed throughout the centuries. Almost 2,000 years ago, the message is the same. God is demanding the same thing. And 100 years from now, when we're all in heaven, and our generation move on, if the Lord should tarry, they will be hearing the same message. God is saying, I'm asking you to humble yourself before me. And let me do my work. Verses 55. And she spoke. He says, she say, says, as he spoke to our fathers, and to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. What is this as God spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever? This is where God said to Abraham, Abraham, 
I am establishing a covenant with you. And this covenant has to do with the seed. The seed who is one and not more than one, meaning the nation of Israel. But one seed, and that seed is Jesus. God spoke that to Abraham, and here it's about to happen. That's how Mary is understanding all of that. This is found in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16. The promise was made to the seed, and not to the seeds, which are many, but to the seed, who is Christ. And where does that leave us today? What is the gospel message? The only way that someone can change their destiny by the grace and mercy of God from eternal hell to be in heaven with God is by hearing the message of the seed, who is Christ Jesus. That's the only possible way. Our church, let's bring all of this together. Are we following that? Let's bring all of this together so it will make sense to us. I'm going to reflect on a little bit of negative here, but I'm not going to go off on it. Our Lord God says that he wants the world to know. Jesus wants the whole world to know that he is the Savior. He is Savior of the world. Thus it says early on, she says, Savior to all. Jesus is Savior to all. And he said to us, look, I'm using you to do it. I'm using you, my church, to take this message to the world, to live for that. Saints, listen to God, okay? If we trust God to do it his way, that's the heart of Elizabeth and Mary, isn't it? Am I going to trust God for what he is doing? His way. Now, what does God say? God says, if you seek me and you seek my kingdom, my righteousness, I will take care of everything else. The question is, do we really believe that God will do that? Do we really believe that God will take care of everything else in my life? Not that I will be living in some type of stress-free, anxiety-free situation. Not at all. But it is that God will take care of those things so that I can be seeking his kingdom first. Because that's the only time that life will make sense before we die. Anything other than that is from Satan. Anything other than that. Are we following this? The question of what is purpose in life. And that's what, that's what Mary did, didn't she? 
Dear God, I have my life, and I'm engaged, about to be married. I'm looking forward to a house and a family. But dear God, you have just redefined my purpose. And my purpose is, I'm understanding not what I want, but what you're doing. Yes. And it's your kingdom. And it's your salvation to everyone. That's the lesson of Mary. And even for us today. Are we following that? Amen. Now here's the thing. Here is the truth concerning this as your pastor. I cannot work out your salvation for you. I'm not talking about being born again. I'm talking about God's sanctification and purpose in your life. God says in his word, you work it out. I can share with you what God says. And I can encourage you. It's worth it. When we fall on our knees every day and we say, God, before I die, which is in God's hands, life is like a vapor. I'm here one day and I'm gone the next day. So, Father, you said in your word that you are working in me, dear God, for your kingdom. And only you, Holy Spirit, can help me to get there. So I'm surrendering to you. And I thank you, Father, for your grace that allows me to have faith to humble myself before you. Now, not let, let us not get confused here about this humility. So let's make it very clear. This humility is not some type of inner pious feeling where we walk around and we have our heads down. Oh, I'm so humble. That's not what that. It has nothing to do with that. Everybody, can you look at how humble I am? Can you start praising me because I'm so humble? That's not what it is. Here is this humility. We have to be willing, like Mary, to say, I am your servant. Either your manservant or your maidservant. I am your servant, O oh God. So you use me. It would be senseless to say, oh God, I'm so humble, but I want to do my own thing. I want to close completely positive, right? What the Holy Ghost is doing. What did Jesus do in your life? He brought you to himself. He delivered he delivered us from every weapon that the enemy can throw against us before we are saved and after. Bad choices, good choices, his mercy continue in our lives. Because above what the enemy is doing, Christ continued to do his work that we live today. Because why? He is helping us to be strengthened in our faith for without faith, it is impossible to please him. And he is helping us to understand humility. And humility demands a willingness to say, Oh dear God, my life is yours. I'm presenting myself to you a living sacrifice. Close folks ask me all the time, How do you do that? 
How do you present yourself a living sacrifice to God? Very simple. Do it. Don't complicate it. Get on your knees and say, Oh dear God, hear my voice. Father, thank you that you're hearing my voice. Use me, Jesus. Remove every obstacle in my heart, every selfishness, every self-focus. Oh dear God, just use me. That's how you do it. Don't complicate it. Are you following this? Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Thank you, Father. God, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Father, thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Father, that you did this amazing, divine, supernatural work in our lives in that you save us. You allow us to hear the gospel, and then you give us not only understanding, but faith to believe and to accept you, Jesus, as our Savior. And we know, dear God, that required you, Holy Spirit, placing in us a spirit of humility and thankfulness. Now, Father... That which you have started in us, continue to do it. Please help us, Holy Spirit, to surrender to you. To make the choice, dear God, to be in your word. To hear your word. To hear your teaching. So that we can grow in faith. And we know, dear God, when that happens. We will magnify you, dear God. We will magnify you and you only. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You are Lord and Savior. You are God of all lives. In Jesus' name, in your name, Father, we pray and we pray believing. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Oh, thank God. Let's